0: Merry Christmas. Everyone say Merry Christmas. You know, we were, when we were looking at the calendar, we said Christmas is on a Sunday. Should we have church on Sunday? Because a lot of churches didn't have church today because it's Sunday. Because it's Christmas. And we said, I wonder if anybody will come on Sunday. <laughs> yes. What? What? So we're glad you came. We're glad you came. Give yourself a hand. Amen. Amen. We had Christmas was Christmas on Sunday like seven years ago. Every seven years, the cycle comes around, and and attendance was okay. But we said we're gonna do it again, and uh, had pastors text me, "What are you gonna do on Sunday? We're having church. We're having church." So God bless you. God bless you. Hey, let's say hello to one all the military who are watching online. God bless y'all for serving our country, wherever you are. God bless you. And we also want to say hello to uh, the the guys in juvenile hall, the, the kids in juvenile hall. And the guys in Donovan State Prison, God bless y'all. God bless you. Merry Christmas. And then all of our campuses who are having church as well, all of campuses, uh, City Heights, San Marcos, East County, San, uh, City Heights, and San Isidro. And God bless y'all. God bless you. I had remember. to remember. God bless y'all. Merry Christmas to all of y'all. And one more big round of applause, and I would I appreciate if all y'all gave a big round of applause to all our staff and team members who gave up their Sunday, and even though it's Sunday, it was still Christmas, to serve all of y'all. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Let's all stand up. Let's all stand up. Get our legs ready. We've got church today. How many, how many, anybody here not finished their shopping? Because this is way too late. <laughs> I, I went shopping yesterday. Uh, it was during the Charger Gang. And it was like right around the third quarter. And I said, let me go real quick. And I got in and out of the store and, and home in 25 minutes. <laughs> fellas, fellas, I, I don't shop, I hunt, right? <laughs> I'm like, I know where I'm going to, the little, to this little department. I'm like, then and then and then, like, sh- like, drawers. There it is, boom, 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 I'm out. And uh, I love it. I, I, I love getting in and out. I'm not a shopper. So, uh, anyway, Lord, thank you. Thanks for Christmas, what an amazing day. Lord, I know there are people so excited about today because there's it, so much joy uh, in the air. But I also know there are people who are sad. People who are struggling. People who are sick, who have relationship, family issues. Holy Spirit, I pray that right now you start to mend those relationships. If, if and only people can just forgive and let it go and receive the peace of God and that you would overwhelm their heart with love for the person they have an issue with. Overwhelming. That they start even smiling thinking about that person. And their heart is saying, I love them. And their brain is going, what are you saying? And your heart would say, shut up, mind. You listen to me. We are going to love. I pray that in Jesus' name, Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, "That was for you, baby." <laughs> I, I, I want to ask so bad how many of y'all I was just talking to you. I don't, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything. But I... <laughs> let, let me say this before I start, uh, and I'm uh, amplifying what I just said. Um, Life is all about relationships. All the other stuff is going to burn. Take care of your relationships. Take care of your relationships. Amen? Amen. So, if you're a visitor, uh, what we do at the very beginning of our messages, we hold our Bibles up. It doesn't have to be a physical Bible, it could be on your phone, your tablet, whatever. And we say words. So, what I usually do is I'll count to three, which means I'm going to say one. Two, three, and after I say the word three, then you lift your Bible up and say word. Now, if you're thinking why am I saying all that, it's because every week when I do that, as soon as I do this, people say word. They don't wait until I say one, two, three. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So don't be insulted that I'm telling you how to count to three. And Okay, so I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to say word. Ready? Are you ready? One, two, one. <laughs> Very good. One, two, three. Say word. Very good, let's turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, we'll be at verse 11 in a few minutes. Matthew chapter 2. Merry Christmas. How many of y'all excited to be on church that, that is Christmas on church? Amen. Come uh, If you haven't been with us over the last month, I've been doing a series called Giving Up on Christmas. Because I've noticed in our country over the last several years, our culture is pushing Jesus out of Christmas. Can I get an amen? Replacing Merry Christmas with Happy Holidays. And it's almost taboo to say Merry Christmas. We don't want to talk about Jesus. We don't want to be politically incorrect and offend people. Even though you being offended doesn't matter. Uh, And so I decided to do this series uh, called Giving Up on Christmas to talk about how Jesus was rejected when he was born. That they did this even when he was a boy. Now, let me say this: uh, first time in 34 years here in the state of California, at our Capitol building in Sacramento, there is a manger with Jesus in the manger and a nativity scene. So, amen. That's, that's a good thing. Amen, amen. But I, I was, I, I've done three sermons. Today's going to be the wrap-up sermon on how Jesus was rejected when he was born. In other words, he wasn't wanted either. The first sermon I did three weeks ago was about the manger. Christmas access. I talked about uh, when Jesus was born, there was no room in the inn. Everyone say the word access. There was no room in the inn, so they had to go to this manger. And all growing up, all my life, I always heard that story as a negative. That even though there were these rooms for people to go stay in, but Jesus, there wasn't any room, so he had to go into the manger, which was an eating trough for the animals. So they slobbed in and ate in it. And I always thought that was negative, but then I thought about it, wait a minute, God created the heavens and the earth, his birth was prophesied hundreds of years before, thousands of years before for that matter. And if God created the heavens and the earth and the birds and the bees and all that kind of stuff, why couldn't he provide a room for him to be born in? Of course he could. If he wanted him to have a room, he would have given him the whole house. Can I get an amen? It was God's design, the Father's design that Jesus be born in the manger. Why? The manger was actually in an animal stall... There was a room inside the house that they brought the animals in at night. And so if you think of this house where all these nice rooms where the guests went, and then there was this nasty room where the animals went. And that was the room that stunk up the rest of the house because the animals were in there. Jesus says, I don't want to come to your nice room. I'm going to go to your nasty room. I want to be in your manger. So well, three weeks ago that, that sermon was about Christmas access. Does Jesus have access to your manger? Your pride, your nasty thoughts, your lustful thoughts, your arrogant thoughts, your gossip, your insecurity, your fear. Give him access to that. Don't put him in your nice room. In other words, come to church and say, hey, I went to church, everyone, I went to church, Jesus' word. But then you got all this junk in your life that he, you are not allowing him to deal with. Y'all remember the room in your house with the plastic on the furniture? Can I get an amen? Anybody here under 30, how many of y'all are under 30? Raise your hand. Okay, out of y'all under 30, do y'all know plastic on furniture? Say yes. So I just realized when I was doing this message a month ago what that was really all about. See, now they put the plastic on the furniture, but even though the plastic was on the furniture, you still couldn't sit on it. Think about it. It's like that's the living room, but don't go in there. I'm like, why is the plastic on the furniture if it can't go in there? Just, what's the point? And it was, I thought it was to protect the furniture. And I know that does serve a purpose. But the real purpose was, I just realized this a month ago, that when I used to go over a girl's house, our, her father would make us sit in that room. That was like the center of the house, the living room. And we would sit on the plastic. And he would say, you sit there. And then there was always about a two feet between me and her. And she would sit there. And he would go in the other room. I'm like, oh, he's in the other room. But then I would realize if I moved... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There was there wasn't no. oh, man, I can't, I can't get to you, girl. That's what that was really about. But the point is, I just risked on him, just throwing a little nugget in. The point was, does Jesus have access to your nasty room? That's the question. That was a sermon three weeks ago. You should get the tape, go online and listen to it. The next sermon we talked about, which was two weeks ago, was when Herod the king heard there was another king born. He got nervous because another king meant, and by the way, a king that was prophesied in the Bible because Herod knew he was not divinely appointed king. When he heard there was another divinely appointed king, he said, I'm going to lose control. The reason people don't want Christ or to acknowledge that there's a God is because they don't want to give up control. So we talked about Christmas control. What is it? What part of your life does God not have control of? Just think about it. It's easy to come to church looking all purred, you got your hair done, all you smell good, all that kind of stuff. And, and there's this nasty part of your life that only you know about that you're not giving God control over and you're faking the rest. Doesn't matter, you fool me. I'm not even trying to figure all that out. But what about telling God, God, I'm going to give you access to my manger and I'm going to give you control over my manger. When you go to bed tonight, ask him. Search me. See if there's a wicked way in me. Don't worry about anybody else. No one else is your responsibility. Nobody. The only responsibility you have is over you. God has not given us control. When he made Adam and Eve, he did not say Adam and Eve, you have dominion over each other. He said you have dominion over the environment, never each other. When you have dominion over people, that's called slavery. God has not given us dominion over people. He's given us dominion over environments. And, so, and yourself, by the way. And so, so, so my, my challenge to use is to give Jesus access to your manger and let him have control. And the third message was when Joseph heard his engaged wife was pregnant. Fellas, think about this. Ladies, I mean, you can get this too. But fellas, think about this. You're engaged and this woman says, I'm pregnant. Well, okay, first, who is he and, and where is he at? And we're done. And so Joseph said, you know, even though Joseph heard that, he wanted to be godly about it and put away privately and not, you know, tell everybody. That's a lot of respect. But in a dream, an angel came to him and said, Joseph, um, she's pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Now, it would have to, it it would need to be God to tell you that. Can I get an amen, fellas? Nobody in the planet other than God can convince you of that. And he said, she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And then, and then and if you're really like, you know, well, where's the Holy Spirit at then? <laughs> but, but the Holy Spirit, here's what the Holy Spirit said. I'm doing a miracle in her life. What is in her is the Savior of the world. So, Joseph, I know this is going to be difficult. I need you to hang with me. I'm doing a miracle in her life. So will you trust me? Joseph had to say yes. And, and, and of course, I wasn't there. And I don't know the whole conversation. We just know part of it, it was in the Bible. But I'm sure the Holy Spirit somehow assured Joseph, and, and they had this conversation. Joseph, you're going to deal with this for the rest of your life. Because there are going to be people who are never going to believe that she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. They're going to, they're going to talk about Jesus his whole life. Your, your future kids, because Mary had others kids, Jesus had brothers and sisters, they're going to deal with this their whole life. And the rumor is going to go that they said it was from the Holy Spirit. They're not going to believe it until they rise from the dead. And, and, and even then, some of those people are going to be dead by then. So you just know, you have to trust me. I'm going to lead you down a path that's going to be painful, but I'm doing a miracle in her life. Now, here's the point. is the point that there are, everybody you know and everybody you encounter, 100%, God is doing something in their life. And if he brings them into your life, he wants you to be part of it somehow. And a lot of times we pick and choose the role we want to play in people's miracle. We don't want to deal with them. We don't don't have patience for it. We don't want to forgive them. We don't want to say sorry. We don't want to love them. We don't want to pray for them. We want to talk about them. And God's like, "No, no, no, I want you to encourage the miracle. I don't want you to walk away from the miracle. So Joseph, in order for you to be part of this miracle, you have to honor her. And you have to protect her. And you have to... Walk with her through this very painful time that's very awkward. And by the way, I created the awkwardness. So you have to trust me. And so we talked about all these, these different scenarios where Joseph himself was almost not part of Jesus' birth. Today we're going to talk about God's response to all of that. Because in every single one of those situations, God had a plan. So everybody, I want you to say these, these two words for me. On the count of three, take a deep breath in. One, two, three. Take a deep breath in. Say, It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for you to worship. Everyone say worship. It's time for you to worship. Everyone say escape. Everyone, everyone say listen and do what the Spirit says. And one more time say do what the Spirit says. <laughs> that's my fault. That's my fault. Chapter 2, verse 11. First story. Jesus is born in the manger. The nastiest part of the house and three wise men come. They see the star and they say a Savior is born. And here is the sign there's going to be a boy in a manger. Now, I wasn't there. I don't know what the wise men said, but can you imagine him saying to the angel, uh, the king and the, the savior of the world is going to be in a manger. I don't understand. And I wasn't there. Angel said, just do what I tell you. I mean, I'm just, I don't know what they said. So we're going to go to a house where there's nice rooms for people and the savior of the world is going to be in a manger? Yep. That's how you're going to know. And look what it says in verse... Eleven, chapter two. When they had come into the house, they saw a young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts: gold, because he was a king. Jesus is king of kings. There's many titles. I have this list of titles. I think it's like a hundred titles that he has. Son of man, son of God, uh, the Christ, the Messiah, the King. Of kings, we live in the United States of America. We don't have a concept of king. Go to England and just go to the Buckingham Palace. <laughs> kings are big. He said Jesus is the King of kings. He's also they gave him frankincense because he was a priest. A priest me actually means bridge builder. What does that mean? God is here, man is here, the priest is in the middle to build the bridge. Jesus is the bridge builder. They gave him frankincense, which is incense they burned to, the, to God as form of prayers. And then they gave him myrrh. Everyone would say myrrh. Now when you say myrrh, you have to say from here, myrrh. Myrrh. On three, say myrrh. Yeah. Myrrh, one, one of the purposes of myrrh was that they would use it to embalm dead people. I don't know if they knew that what they were doing, but they were saying, you are going to die. He was born to die. Worship. Uh, God wants to bring worship into your manger. That that dirty part of your life. God, I want you to, I'm giving you access so I can worship you there. A lot of people think, well, if I admit my sin to God, he's going to punish me. Matter of fact, how many of you ever thought that? If I, if I like, really tell God everything, I'm going to be in trouble. Raise your hand if you ever thought that. Okay, let's try this one more time. Only because I don't believe you. So when you raise your hand, you want to put your elbow above your ear. And so here's, I'm going to ask the question again. You ever thought if I really admit everything and I'm really honest to God, something bad is going to happen. Can I, get it? Can I raise it? There you go. There you go. Here's what's really happening. You are holding poison in your heart. Thinking that if you hide it from God, it's somehow going to not hurt you. It's like being mad at somebody and drinking poison thinking it's hurting them. When you are bitter at somebody and you are holding a grudge and you're talking about somebody and arguing with them in your head. It's like you taking poison thinking it's hurting them versus forgiving them. And if you tell God, God, I am arrogant. I lied. I am prideful. I have sins I don't even know about. Can you please search my heart, he would say, I can clean all that out. I want to worship you there. Worship means a response of respect when the nature of God, the character of God, the holiness of God is revealed. Whenever Jesus would approach a demon-possessed person, read the Bible, the demons would worship Jesus. They would bow, they would do this, They would see him coming and they would get on their knees and say, we know who you are, the Holy One of God. And they would get on their knees and fall to the ground. Why? Because they knew he was worthy of their worship. Why? Because the demons used to be angels in heaven. They understand very clearly who he is. So it's time to worship him and finally say, God, I give you access to my manger. And I honor you as the only hope I have for peace in my life. Number two, say it's time. Say it's time to escape. When they told him, when he realized that Herod wanted to kill him, and Herod ended up killing all the young boys, two years old and younger, in all the Bethlehem area, an angel came and told Joseph, Go to Egypt. He had an escape. Think about it. Jesus had the king trying to kill him, and he says, You can't even kill me. I'm a baby. Think about Jesus as a baby. This is Jesus as a baby. It wasn't like he was, hey, we need to go to Egypt. <laughs> we got to run from Herod. <laughs> I can you chuckling down there. Appreciate that. <laughs> Matthew 2.13. Matthew 2.13, it says, When they had departed, an angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Uh, You know what? um, God wants to set you free. You're trying to hold control of your life, but what you are holding on to is killing you. Some of you are in bondage to things that is killing you. And God is trying to set you free. Trust me, freedom is always better than bondage. Peace is always better than disruption and anger and angst and anxiety. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. What's the truth? Is that Jesus died and rose from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And not only does he want to forgive you of your sin, but he wants to replace The angst in your heart with the peace that surpasses all understanding. He wants to replace that angst you have with someone and replace it with love and peace and unity. He wants to deliver you from your addiction. When I was in uh, New York City, I grew up in New York and, and took the subway a thousand times. And has anybody ever not been in a subway? Raise your hand. If you've never been in a subway... Oh wow! You're missing out. It's nasty. It's smelly. It's hot. There's a lot of weird people down there, but it's awesome. It's awesome. You stand on the train, and and there are many trains that come by, but you're waiting for your train because you know you may take the 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 G, the double G, the the six, the five, or whatever. Depending on where you're going, it has a whole map on the on the wall, and you and you're sitting there. and You're looking down this this dark tunnel. And then you see this tiny little light coming, this light literally at the end of the tunnel. But not every light is your train. You have to wait till it gets there. You want to take the right train. And the only train you should trust is the train that actually died and rose. You don't want someone just to help you, you know, you got these self-help books and people can help you make more money. That's not the train you want to get on. You don't want that train that can help you have a positive relationship and positive thoughts. All that stuff is good, but that's not the train you want to get on. All that's on the real train. You get it all at once. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is God's control in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything you need will be added to you. So you want to get on one train, and the train you want to get on is the train that is whose conductor died for your sin, the Bible says the penalty of sin is death, he died and rose from the dead. What does that mean? You, that you never want to trust your life into the hands of someone who is dead. I mean, how silly would it be to go to a grave site and say, man, I hope you can help me prevent where you're at. I hope you can help me be happy. I hope you can help me go to heaven when that person is still in the ground. Jesus wants to save you and deliver you, but you have to surrender your life to him. In a minute, we're going to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to him. What does that mean? Is that you're going to ask him to forgive you of your sin and live in your heart in the form of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Number three, Matthew 1, 20. Turn to Matthew 1, verse 20. When Joseph found out Mary was pregnant, an angel came to him and spoke to him. And told him something that was way above his pay grade that she is pregnant by the Holy Ghost. I'm like, I don't understand that. He says, Listen, you're not always gonna understand what God tells you to do, but you just gotta trust Him. Oh, let me say this to you in another way God is going to speak to you in ways and say things to you that don't make sense to you at that moment. He's gonna tell you to forgive people that you don't wanna forgive, that you don't think deserve forgiveness. He's going to tell you to give things to people that you don't understand why you're giving it to them. And he's going to speak to you and tell you things that just don't make any sense to you at that time. Faith is saying, yes, sir. I trust you. I don't understand. I don't like it. I'm scared. Oh, that's cool, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's cool. What does God's voice sound like? Very simple. Sounds like you. Let me tell you what God's voice isn't. Hey, what are you doing? That's not God. God, the Bible says God's voice is a small, still voice. God's voice will never contradict the Bible. And God's voice will be peaceable. So what does that mean? You're going to hear a voice say, hey, um, why don't you pray? Get up out of your bed and pray. How many of you by a show of hands woke up long before your alarm? And when you woke up and you were wide awake, Oddly, it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, 3.30, 3.13, 4.20, whatever it is, whenever it's long before you're supposed to get up, you woke up, you're wide awake, and this little voice said to you, hey, why don't you get up and pray and read your Bible. Anybody heard that voice? Raise your hand real high, real high, real high, real high. Raise your hand. Look around the room. Okay. Guess what? That wasn't you. You wanted to go to sleep. That's probably what you did. You went back to sleep. That was God. Whoa, 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 whoa. how do you know? Well, how you know is one. You wouldn't say that. <laughs> that's it. That's how I know. <laughs> it's agreeable with this. Jesus got up many times long before the sun came up and prayed. It is always agreeable with this Bible. If you ever hear a small, still voice in your heart that tells you to do something that's in disagreement with this Bible, that's not God. In other words, you may hear a voice say, hey, um, you know the person was talking about you yesterday? Why'd you go smack him in the head? That's not God. <laughs> hey, uh, you know that uh, uh, pot's legal now? <laughs> go get high. That ain't God. Oh, some of y'all that's oh, that, that stuff for a whole lot of toes right there. Yeah, why don't you go offer Pastor Miles? He's a smoke weed. Go offer, offer him a spliff. Go ahead. Go, like, go bring him some weed. That ain't God. He don't want you to walk around buzzed. One day we had a person sitting right there. Sunday night church sitting right there. And I'm talking about something that wasn't funny at that moment. And it was just like laughter. Joy, <laughs> wooziness, <laughs> munchies—all <laughs> the pot smokers laughing, y'all. all—all <laughs> all the key words, all the key words. And I'm I'm like, I'm not I'm like, what's going on? Because like, that wasn't funny, you know, the, the, and they were laughing off, off key, and it was this is a, you know, it was a, it was a five joke, and they were laughing out of ten. I just didn't get it. Everything's monitored and measured. And then this girl, she goes like this. She goes, she stands up right in the middle of the sermon. She goes, he's smoking weed right there. <laughs> no lie. You're going to hear a voice and you're going to say, what does the Bible say? And if you ask God, speak to me about my relationships, am I doing them according to the word of God? Speak to me about my health, my serving, my giving. Am I doing it according to the word of God? Go back to Herod. Herod wanted to eliminate Jesus because Jesus was going to take control. Are you putting Jesus in your nice room? To show them off to say, I went to church and then doing the rest of your life your way. Or are you really saying you have control? I will let you take over my whole life. I want to honor you in every part of my life. Look what the Bible says. It says in verse, chapter 1, verse 20. While he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. of the Lord commanded. Everybody say, did. did as the angel of the Lord, the of the Lord. commanded. Amen. That means he obeyed. 100% of the integrity of your Christianity is wrapped up in that one word obedience. I thought it was love. Love means obedience. Love does not mean feel good. God has not called you to feel good about stuff. <laughs> I don't like that. That's okay. I don't like everything God asked me to do. I I do munchkin land on God. <laughs> Y'all remember Wizard of Oz? Yo, all what's up with y'all? Those were the baddest, coolest dudes on The Wizard of Oz, the Munchkins. Y'all remember them? And they were like this big. I do that on God all the time. God, should do this. Like... And God goes, "Excuse me, all right, obey. Look what it says." Verse 24, Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took to him his wife. And then it says, he did not know her till she brought forth her son. They had no intimate relations till the baby was born. And he called his name, what? Jesus. Jesus. In a minute, we're going to give you an opportunity to do as the Spirit of God said. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says the penalty of sin is death. But if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The reason Jesus was born was so that he could live, die to pay for your sin and my sin, and then rise from the dead and deliver to you salvation. That was the reason he was born. And you have to make a decision, do you want to receive him as your Savior? And so in a minute we're going to pray, and, and even now, and while I'm praying, the Spirit of God is going to speak to you. You're going to hear a small, still voice say to you, you need to do this. And your heart's going to start doing this. And the reason your heart's going to start doing this, in your mind you're going to say, well, I'm nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. And that may be true. But the other reason your heart's beating is because it's excited. It's like, this is what I've been looking for right here. And so in a minute we're going to pray and give you an opportunity to say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I'm giving you access to my manger. I'm giving you control. 100% control. Now, whenever we do a prayer for salvation, understand this. There's no magic in the prayer. You can simply say, dear God, forgive me. I surrender. All you're doing when you say the prayer, whatever the prayer is, is that you are giving the parameters and acknowledging the parameters of your new relationship. When a man and woman get married, they have vows. I vow to have and hold for sickness and health, richer for poor, to death do us part. They're basically saying to everybody at the wedding, I am never going to leave this person. Think about what you said when you got married. I'm never going to leave this person. Sickness and health, richer for poor, better for worse. If if she can't cook, I can't fix stuff, no matter what, we're never going to leave each other. (laughs) That's what you're saying. But yet more than half the people who take those vows break them. So why did you get a divorce? Oh, things that work out. Wait a minute, let's go back to the wedding. I thought you said sickness and help. Well you said. Oh well, I thought you said I thought you said better or worse. That's everything. Whenever it gets bad, that's what that means. Well, you don't know what they did. You said better for worse. Was it worse? Yeah, well, there you go. But what you were saying was, what you were saying was, is that here are the parameters of our relationship. And, with, and by the way, I've never been to a wedding. I've done several weddings in my life. I've never been to a wedding where, where they were saying that, people were saying, well, what are they doing that for? That's not right. No, they were agreeing. And everyone said that's a good thing. Rules are a good thing. So when you, when you say, Jesus, forgive me my sin, what you're saying in general, here's the spirit of it. The letter of the Lord is the exact words. It's really the spirit of the law. The spirit of what you're saying is this. God, you are everything right, and I'm messed up. I can't get myself to heaven. I have nowhere else to go. And I believe you love me. So I surrender. That's the spirit of it. However you say it, that's what it means. And so I usually say it the same way because I like to keep it simple. But there's 8 million ways to say it. But really what you're saying is, God, save me. That's it. Save me. And if you say, save me, and you say, God, here's access to my manger. And you know what he brings into the manger? Life. Mary went into the manger and brought forth life, salvation, worship. So in a minute we're going to pray. in all the campuses, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes in a minute. And you're going to have an opportunity to tell God you're going to get married. By the way, marriage between people is a metaphor for salvation. Two become one. You're going to have an opportunity to be married, spiritual union with Jesus Christ. so I'm going to ask all of you to bow your heads and close your eyes on all the campuses. This is going to be the best Christmas you ever had. And then we're going to take communion. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Holy Spirit, I pray you speak to people and I pray in your own special way that you would be like a, a megaphone whisper that even though you are speaking in a small, still voice, they would know it's you. I pray you reassure people you love them, you know them, you care for them, you want what's best for them. In the privacy of your heart, if you realize you're a sinner and you would like to ask Jesus to be your savior, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. A simple prayer admitting to God you need him. You want him. And you're giving him access to your manger. In the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God, I'm a sinner. I need you. I believe you died for me and rose from the dead. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, God. As all of our eyes are closed and our heads about and all the campuses, I'm going to ask you in a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer. In a minute. I want you to, if you prayed that prayer in a minute, when I ask you to raise your hand, I want you to lift your hand up so high, your elbows above your ear. Because we want to pray for you. So, right now, if you prayed that prayer to ask Christ to be your Savior, just slip your hand up really high in all the campuses. Really high. God bless you. 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 Good. God bless you. 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 Very good. All over. God bless you. If you can put your hands down. Lord, thank you for those people. And I pray you bless them. I pray you honor their faith. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give all those people a big hand, God bless you. Okay. Here's the thing. We have two more things to do. We're going to take communion together. And so I want you to get out your communion cup. If you do not have a communion cup, just lift your hand up really high and our ushers will get it to you. Again, elbow above your ear. Look to the aisles. Look to the aisles for the ushers to bring them to you. Thank you very much. Hey, let's give those ushers a big hand for being here on Christmas. God bless you. God bless y'all. Amen. Amen. And after we take communion, we're going to do one more thing. So we've got a few minutes. <coughs> take the bread out. <coughs> Please. At the last supper, They were eating, Jesus took the bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. There is a misconception that if you ask Christ to be your Savior and give your life to him, that your life should be easy. Or when things happen bad, you go, I thought this wasn't supposed to happen anymore. I talk to a lot of people like that, they go, why is this all happening to me? I gave my life to God. Well, don't give your life to God for that reason. That's the wrong reason because that's not true. Jesus himself was crucified. You didn't see him walking around in, you know, in, in designer sandals. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Gucci belts, <laughs> Living, you know, driving in the roads, you know. He, he had no place to live and he was crucified. He was lied about. He was crucified based on a lie. But well, here's what he said, when you take communion, that's what I want you to think about me. Do this in remembrance of me. He took the bread and broke it. He says, as your teacher was broken, you're going to be broken. Because if you give your life to me, what you're saying is that your life doesn't belong to you anymore. Now, you're going to have enemies, People, are going have, namely the devil. However... Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. In other words, yes, you will be attacked and criticized, but now you have strength to overcome that with love. And more importantly, when you die, you go to heaven than hell, and you got to walk with God on a daily basis, dealing with the dramas of life. There are some people. As one guy said to me, "Man, I don't see the devil's not against me. I don't. I don't. The devil's not against me." I said, "The devil's not against you because you're walking with him. You're doing just." what he wants you to do. You are his little flunky, so he's not going to mess with you because you're already messed up enough. He doesn't need to mess with messed up. But when you decide I'm going to walk with God, now you're contrary, but now you have the big bad God with you, the line of Judah with you. So when you take this, what you're saying is, Lord, I understand that this is not about me anymore. It's about you. That's what we're taking this for, to acknowledge that he was beat and crucified for us. Lord, we acknowledge, we remember Your death on the cross, and we take this acknowledging the crucifixion. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Be very careful opening that cup, please. He took the cup and gave thanks and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant which was shed for many for the remission of sin. All throughout the Bible, starting in Genesis chapter 3, the third chapter of the whole Bible, God taught, the Bible taught that the penalty of sin was death. And the Bible says that life is in the blood. So therefore, there needs to be blood shed for the forgiveness of sin. When the Jews were in Egypt in slavery, y'all saw the movie Exodus, all the Exodus movies and Moses part in the Red Sea, in that movie or that story, God told them to put the blood of a lamb on the door because the angel of death was going to go through and kill the firstborn. And if you had the blood of a lamb on the door, the angel of death would pass over your house. Everyone say Passover. That's where that holiday comes from. And so they would, by faith, they would take a lamb after they kept it in their house for four days and bonded with the lamb and fell in love with the lamb. They would have to kill the lamb. Put the blood of the lamb on the door, and the angel of death passed over their house. Thousands of years later, Jesus is coming to be baptized by John the Baptist, his cousin. And John the Baptist says, the lamb of God. So the lamb that was slain in Exodus was just a foreshadow of Jesus Christ himself. And so when he shed his blood on the cross, he shed his blood the last time bloodshed ever had to happen. Because his blood was sinless when all the animal blood of all the sacrifices in the Old Testament Was sinful. So when we take this, we're acknowledging that Jesus' blood that he shed on the cross paid for our sin once and for all. We don't need to do that anymore. Lord, we thank you that we are forgiven once and for all. And we take this and honor you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we have one more thing to do. Actually, two. A minute ago I asked you to pray to ask Jesus to be your savior. Many of you raised your hand. Can I get an amen? We're going to pray here in a minute In all the campuses. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And then we're going to do an altar call. Let me explain what's going to happen. I'm going to ask you if you raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to stand up and call you forward. We do this every week. You are with family. Now let me explain this to you. You're going to be challenged to take a step of faith and obey God. Your whole life, your relationship with Christ is going to be measured and consist of you obeying God. It's not that you come here, it's what you do out there. Walking forward, walking away from your old life and actually obeying God is part of the process. This is your first step. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before people, I'll be ashamed of you. He's going to ask you to live out your faith in public. It's not only private, in public. Just like he died in public. This is the first step. You're going to hear a voice in your heart saying, you don't need to do that. Ah. That's the voice. That's the wrong train. Bring your Bible to church. Oh, you don't need to do that. Go to life class. Oh, you don't need to do that. Give somebody your money. Oh, you don't need to do that. That little... Satan's voice is contrary to God. You want to get in the habit of saying, God, I will obey whatever you say. And so we're going to ask you to stand. And you standing is like you resurrecting from the dead and walk away from your old life. Please bring your family with you. But first thing, we're going to, in a minute we're going to ask you to bow your heads and then we're just going to ask you to stand. And then after that, we'll lead you in what to do. So I'm going to ask all the people, everybody in all the campuses, bow your heads and close your eyes. Bow your heads and close your eyes. This is between you and God. You will stand before God alone to give accountable for only your life and your obedience. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer a few minutes ago and you raised your hand and said, yes, I gave my life to Jesus. I'm giving him access to my manger. I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you to stand up. You can grab the hand of the person with you if you want, bring them with you. The first thing we're going to do is just stand. On the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, they were all over you, all the room, all levels, all the campuses, I'm sure. So on the count of three, if you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to stand. One, two. Three, just stand your feet if you prayed that prayer. God bless you, 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 God bless you. Very good. Stay standing, God bless you. We see you, God bless 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 you. Come on, come on, let's go stand, straighten those legs, straighten those legs, straighten those legs, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, God bless you, 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 let's cheer for him, let's cheer for him, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Stay standing one minute. Because I was peeking when you did it the first time, I know there's more. <laughs> so we're going to cheer one more time. Let's go. Let's, let's stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Who is it? Who else? Stand your feet. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Come on. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. Okay, here's what we're gonna do now. This is very important. Um, we're gonna ask all these people to come forward. If you're in the balcony in a minute, we're gonna ask you to walk up, and ushers will bring you down. The rest of us this is not a time to leave. We want to honor them, and we don't want to create confusion. Can I get amen? So right now, if you're standing up, come out of your seat. Come on down to the altar, and let's give them hands. They come on down. Let's give them hands. They come on down. Amen. 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 God bless. God bless. Bless you stay right there, God bless you. Just face me. Yeah, just stay right there. You not be alone. God bless you, God bless you. 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 Welcome. You're welcome. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Just face me, just face this way. Just face you're gonna face me. God bless you. 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 Hey, God bless you. God bless you. Hey, God bless you. How are you? God bless you. I was praying for you all service. I was looking at you all service. Yeah, that's your girl. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm sorry? What's your name? Hold on. God bless you. May Jesus bless you. God 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 bless you. Amen. Let's give a big hand. Let's give a big hand. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Who did I miss? Who did I miss? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, Pink. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless you. God bless you. As my grandmother said, "Come, darling. Come, come, darling." God bless you. 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 What do you get? Okay. Thank you. Amen. 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 Let's give him a big hand. Let's give him a big hand. God bless you. 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 This is the best Christmas present and the only Christmas present you will have that will last forever. There is no other Christmas present you will ever get that will last forever. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Every so when you guys go home and open whatever open you up, whatever you open up, even if it's a diamond, you're not taking it to heaven with you. <laughs> so unfortunately, when you go to heaven, you're going to be walking on gold. You are going to have crowns that are made of something brilliant that you're going to lay down at Jesus' feet as worship. That's awesome. Amen. This is a relationship that will never, 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 ever end. And if I can repeat what I said 15 minutes ago, the number one thing you have to worry about, not worry about, keep in mind is that all you have to do for the rest of your life is obey God. And the reason I say obey and not love, it's the same thing. But I don't want you to confuse love with just feeling something. Because that's what we, conf- we confuse love with what I feel. But in the Bible, the Bible says to love God is to obey God. So you may not feel it, like I said before. It's not about that. Do you do what he says, especially when you don't feel like it? How many of y'all had to say, you knew you were supposed to say sorry to somebody and you didn't want to? Amen? That is right, that, that right there, that is the proof or the evidence of the integrity of your relationship with God. It's not when you you know the Bible says love your enemy as your as your friends. Loving your friends is easy. That's, that does don't mean anything. It's what are do you doing, the people you don't like. That's where the rubber meets the road. So when you go home, you're gonna hey don't do that. Do that. Don't. That's it. That's Christianity. It's not how much of this you know. It's how much of this you do. Amen. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna uh, pray for them, and then again, it's not a time to leave yet. We want to honor them and cheer them into that room. Christmas. Christmas 2016. Let's give them a big hand. Amen. Christmas. Christmas. Amen. So we are going to cheer them into that room, not not leave yet. And and then after that, Pastor Marcus and his wife is going to pray us out. Uh, Let me say this, Merry Christmas to you. I'll I'll be here when they get out, but but let me pray for them. Lord Jesus, thank you for all these people. Thank you for their faith. Thank you for the best present. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone take a right turn and walk this way. Take a right turn and walk this way. Come on, let's give him a big hand. Come on now. Come on now. Let's give him a big hand. Amen. 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 Okay, we're gonna we're gonna work out. We're gonna work those biceps. We're gonna work those biceps. That's why you need to work out, so we can clap. Come on, come on, come on. Amen. Amen. Who's the man? (laughs) What's up, Balcony? What's up, Balcony? Let's get, what's up, Balcony? Let's give him a big hand, Balcony! Balcony! Amen. Okay, we got 45 more seconds. Let's give him 45 more seconds. Come on. End of the workout. End of the workout. Leo. Leo. (laughs) I see you. Come on, let's give him a workout. Give him a workout. Five more seconds. Forty five more seconds. Twenty seconds. One, two, three, four, five. Amen. Come on, Balcony, give it to me, Balcony, give it to me. Amen. Uh, Pastor Marcus is going to pray us out, let me say Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Let's get ready for next year. Next year, we're going to have a prayer meeting starting the second Saturday of the month, every Saturday for one hour on all our campuses. So I want you to be praying about the prayer meeting. And I want you to be praying about what miracles you would love God to see do in your life. He has miracles he wants to do in your life. And so I want to challenge you. We're going to go on a fast 21 days in January, and I want to challenge you. Get your heart ready for the impossible in your life. Amen? Because if you call to God, He has to answer. <laughs> oh.
1: See what he says. God bless you. Pastor Miles, before you take off, please, sir, listen, I know we love Pastor Miles and we would all love the wish him a Merry Christmas, amen. So on a count of three, let's wish, uh, let's say happy, happy Christmas. Let's say, yeah, let's say a happy Christmas, Pastor Miles. On a count of three, one, two, three. I, I like, Pastor I like Miles, my, we love you. I like Merry Christmas. All right, then we're going to do Merry Christmas because he likes that one better. Yeah. I was just trying to make up for my mistake, just make it seem like I was flowing, but it wasn't flowing, huh? okay. On count of three, Merry Christmas, Pastor Miles, one, two, three. Thank you, Pastor Miles, we love you. God bless you, God
0: bless you, God bless you, God bless
1: you. You guys can have a seat as we're finishing up. Wow. Wow. This is what Christmas is all about, this is why... God sent his son for moments like this. And the beautiful thing, you guys, as we know, is all those that have gone into that room and, and and hopefully most of us that have, it's not just about going into that room, it's about what happens now, which is a changed life, which is a life of victory and a life of having eternity in heaven. Can I hear amen? I just want to share real quick, uh, my wife is going to share about uh, just some things God has done in her life, in our lives, um, here at the church and, and just a testimony get a glimpse of how good God is. This is my wife, Tracy.
2: Merry Christmas, Rock family. On Friday night, Pastor Miles, Debbie, the campus pastors and their wives shared about tradition and joy and what that looked like for their families. That night I was a bit silent. One, I wasn't prepared. And two, I really just only speak when the Lord urges me to do so. And as the evening pressed on, he urged me in my heart, but the time was over. So I just said, okay, Lord, there must be another time. This morning, my husband says, honey, will you share a little bit at service today? And there was my moment. Um, 24 years ago, I spent... Christmas alone seven years of that my mom decided to peace out to me and to every family member that I have and we haven't seen her since so it was a season of choosing joy choosing God's peace the circumstances were not joyful but the choice was mine to choose the joy that the Lord has offered us. It's ours for the taking. Fast forward seven years, I marry this man. and we <laughs>
1: yes. That shows you how much the Lord loves you, honey.
2: <laughs> now I can say 17 years into it, God has given me joyful new traditions, a beautiful family in San Diego, more cousins and aunts and uncles and all his families here. So God is good. If you are in a season that does not feel joyful, it isn't joyful, choose it. It's but a season. With the Lord, he'll bring a new one. I'm a living testimony to his goodness. Merry Christmas. God bless you guys.
1: As we're closing up and we uh, finish off the year and this, this time of giving, let's celebrate this time of our tithes and offerings. Join me as we celebrate, you guys. We're going to put a verse up there as we're closing up. And I want all of us to read it together. It's a verse that we've seen on people's eyebrows and Super Bowls. But I want us all to read it together. I'll get it started and let's finish off strong. Here we go. This verse says so much, but what I want to point out to you here real quick is that word gave. That God loved us so much that He gave. God loved us so much that He what? He gave. We have a benevolent God. We have a loving God. And, and, and as you guys saw my family up here, my family has its parents' characteristics. As you can see, my sons are really handsome, so they really like their dad. Right? But they have their their, their dad's characteristics. They're funny. They're they're silly. Because they're like me. They're like me and my wife. And if, if we're God's children, shouldn't we be like God? If we're God's children, we should have his qualities. And one of God's main qualities is that he is generous. Can I hear amen? God is generous. And we as his children get that opportunity to be generous. So as we close up. And this may be for some of you guys, right, there's some end of year giving that God's been putting in your heart, like, where to go? Wrap it up. To finish up being generous with the Lord, because I know He's been generous to all of us here. So why don't we take a minute before we close up in prayer to, to take a moment there and, and reflect on, upon the Lord and His goodness, and about what He's going to put in your heart to, uh, to give back to Him as a steward. There's several ways to give here and this envelope explains it all. I'll just go through it real quick. One, you can just click. If you're watching online, you can just click right there. You can set up to give automatically. You can also set up the give automatically here. You can also use your phone, give via text. You can also use this envelope right here. At every exit you go, there is a box where you can deposit this. Lord, thank you for loving us so much that you gave, Lord. And I thank you for being a generous, benevolent God, Lord. And I pray that this church would continue, Lord, to glorify you, Lord, and look like you in generosity, Lord, so that more Sundays like this can happen, more Toys for Joy can happen, Lord, and more outreach can happen, Lord, and more worship can happen, Lord, and more healings can happen, Lord, and more prayers can happen, Lord Jesus, and that all of us can be a part of what you're doing. We thank you, Jesus, and we praise your name. And the church says, amen. Merry, Merry Christmas. May the Lord richly bless you guys. We have a pastoral team that would love to connect with you. God bless you guys. On Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels
0: greet. It with anthem sweet.